Hello and welcome to an extraordinary edition of the Get Your Film Fix podcast. That's right, it is episode 700. Chapin, we did it. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like that. It feels like that for sure. I am Lee Carlo. I am here with just Chapin Hemingway this week. Jeremy resigned from the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, around episode 530. Uh, we'll explain in a couple minutes why it's just Chapin and me. Uh, but we are going to be discussing the much anticipated, the finally released on HBO Max, four hour and two minute recut, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And I expect that'll take about four hours and two minutes for us oh to discuss. My God. So, no, no, no. Um, st- stay tuned. So begins the end. I've never seen a being this strong. Maybe one. He's back. I spent a lot of time trying to divide us. I made a promise to him on his grave. I need to bring us together. There are enemies coming from far away. They serve an old power. This world is divided. No protectors here. No lanterns. No Kryptonium. It will fall in his name. Chapin, it's just you and me. Um, Jeremy wisely, quickly pointed out that he had no interest in watching the four-hour recut from Zack Snyder of the uh, of the DC expanded universe. Didn't know this Justice podcast League. was optional. So, <laughs> I um, our listeners have probably gathered just sort of uh, each of our level of interest in the comic book genre. Chapin, you tend to go see more of these movies. Um, I think you follow along with Marvel and DC a little bit more than both Jeremy and I do. I, I've started to catch up a little bit more out of interest than my, you know, liking these movies. I tend not to. And Jeremy has just sort of altogether uh, decided he has better things to do. So obviously he is the wisest of the three of us. Uh, but that's why it's just you and me. Um, I thought it was actually my idea to do this podcast. I thought that this would be a, an interesting one to do. I thought that given the popularity of Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, we should watch it. And now, do we get know that it's popular? It. I mean, I know that they when it first came on, it crashed the HBO Go servers in some country. But do I don't we know, know how, how it successful it's performed but i just know that there is always been a lot of buzz around this once it was announced i I think the people who are fans of the comic book genre who are fans of Zack snyder um have been anticipating this movie quite a bit and it arrived on hbo max on thursday uh i've been watching it ever since and just finished (laughs) here we are on (laughs) just finished it on sunday evening so chapin i think before we get started it's important to 
let our audience that doesn't know know why this movie exists. Can you give us some backstory? I can. I'm going to go all the way back. So Thomas Edison episode one invented the <laughs> the film camera. In. No. Um, so there was a previously previously previous iteration of a Justice League movie that they were going to make in 2008, I believe. Um, Warner Brothers, who owns or connected to the DC universe, uh, going to be directed by George Miller, which would have been a really cool project. They were going to shoot it in Australia. They were there. The cast was there. They were rehearsing. They were building sets. Um, but it got shut down because of the writer strike and possibly because Christopher Nolan, who was making the dark Knight, was not happy with another Batman being made. Um, so when Christopher Nolan finished what was a sort of standalone trilogy with the dark Knight trilogy, uh, you know, they didn't really know where to go with Batman or what, what to do. Warner brothers that is. And so, um, they hired him to kind of shepherd in a new filmmaker to take over Superman. Uh, and so they hired Nolan, they hired Nolan to do that. So Nolan yeah. selected, um, and I don't know how much, you know, that might just be a PR stunt or if he actually did, but you know, Nolan doesn't seem to do stuff like that without thinking about it. So he hired, um, Zack Snyder and his producing partner and also wife, which is funny because Nolan has the same situation to make man of steel in 2013. That movie came out. It did pretty well compared to the other Superman that had come out that decade or the decade before. Um, and so they made a sequel, which was Batman v Superman. Um, and it was clear with that film that they were trying to kind of mirror what Marvel was doing with the team up movies leading up to these big, what would eventually be Justice League. Um, and after, so Batman and Superman came out, it made pretty good money. Um, but it got horrific reviews and it, it really kind of fell off from in the box office. So, you know, it opened really big, which, in you know, sort of suggests that people were very anticipating, were anticipating it a lot and really wanted to see it. And then it kind of didn't make a ton of money after that. Um, and by that point they were on their way to make not one, but two justice league movies. And they were in England and they were filming or they were about to start filming when, when, um, BVS as it is known came out, um, and they completely nobody actually wants to admit the other that, that exactly. they saw the other movie. They completely re- reworked the movie. the uh, the Justice the second Justice League fell off the schedule, um, and I guess they didn't completely rework it, but they they basically made they let Zack Snyder make his movie. Um, and a couple, like, I think like six months or so before the movie was set to be released in November, um, there was a tragedy in Zack Snyder's family. His daughter committed suicide and he tried to keep making the movie for a couple more, um, months, but decided at least publicly that he needed to step down to be with his family. Now there's some people who there's a rumor that. Zack Snyder presented his director's cut. So just as a side note for people, basically the DGA gives you 10 weeks. I think it is to make your own um, for a director to sort of make the deliver their cut to the studio. Um, And those tend to be like very long and not always put together. And with a movie like justice league, you know, like a lot of things are unfinished because the visual effects take, you know, sometimes a year to, to work up. So he, Air, he, you know, he screened this for the the Warner Brother brothers 
brass and evidently uh, there's a rumor that it was some people called it unwatchable some people said it was five hours long again i don't know the details i don't really know how much of what we saw um this weekend was reflected in that cut but um there's a rumor that they they wanted to they wanted to take Zack snyder off the project for a long time and you know they'd already soured off of the performance of um, batman v superman so when he stepped down, they had evidently already hired Joss Whedon to do some rewrites for the movie. Now, Joss Whedon directed the Avengers movie, so he had experience with that stuff. Um, and Warner Brothers just asked him to take over the reshoots and f- finish the movie. Um, and, you know, reshoots for a movie of that scale are pretty normal. Like, they're built into contracts these days. But the the reshoots they did for Justice League were unprecedented they did like six re- six weeks of of reshoots evidently they reshot 80 percent of the movie in six weeks and had very little time to finish it and um these these movies with these limited you know timelines doing all these visual effects is is impossible and so you know they had to do silly things like remove t- uh uh henry cavill's mustache that he had for mission impossible um and it looked terrible and so basically with the movie that came out that still had Zack Snyder credited as director in November of 2017 was quickly understood to not be anything near what Zack Snyder's vision of the film was. And um, a lot of people blame Joss Whedon. And there was of course this movement that of course had, I think a lot to do with Zack Snyder, you know, having shepherded all these movies, you know, to from, you know, birth to death, essentially, but also, you know, he he lost a child and, you know, it was a tragic situation and people felt badly for him. And, you know, he has these fans and they signed a petition that I think like 200,000 people signed. And there was a hashtag that went around, release the Snyder Cut. And so there's this big movement being built to release what evidently existed, which was a cut of the film that Zack Snyder did um, that, you know, just needed a couple of visual effects to finish in order to... Um, release and you know everybody thought it was a pipe dream and you know whatever but uh between the sort of start of justice league and um the release of Zack snyder's cut uh at&t bought um warner brothers and they obviously put a lot of stock into getting hbo max off the road we've talked endlessly about that and so now you can kind of see why they might be interested in that. And so they greenlit it. They gave him $70 million to finish it. And now we have this four-hour cut of of the movie. And there's a lot of other little controversies, which I don't know if we want to talk about or not. But, like, evidently Joss Whedon was quite an asshole on the set of this movie. There was a lot of, like, claims of racism by Ray Fisher, which, you know, if you've seen both the movies, you can see like he was he, he probably bore the brunt of the of what was cut from the film or reworked. He, his character was a, a lot smaller in the in the version that came out three years ago or four years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have any questions in terms of the context? So, Sorry, that was so long. It's a it's a good background, though, because it leads nicely into kind of how I want to structure our, our conversation. I have an opening question and a closing question that are similar. I did that with no um, notes. Is that sad or what, what, what are we? Uh, no, it means you're prepared. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Keep going. That's all that means. Um, so, I, you know, that part in part answers my first question, which really just has to do with it. Why is this movie important and why, or why is this movie significant? But I'll elaborate a little bit on that because from my point of view, and I think I would argue maybe somebody like Jeremy's point of view, this is silly. 
because you mentioned it briefly about, especially with Batman v Superman, it was not received well critically, and none of Zack Snyder's movies have been. Not really. He no. has seemingly a very loyal fan base. Uh, he has a very stylistic um, flair to his movies, but I would, I, you know, without looking, I, most of his movies don't crack a sixty meta score. Uh, I would argue that he's not a particularly good director. Mm-hmm. Um, so why? Yes, this is. It was a really tragic thing that happened. The circumstances that, uh, for him leaving the project are are suspect, and you know, giving a director a chance to you know reachieve his vision is is admirable. But why Zack Snyder? Yeah, it's so why why is this movie so important to make sure that that happens? It's an in, it's interesting because I was thinking about this like where like where did this regard for Zack Snyder come from? So he did Dawn of the Dead, which I think is actually probably his best movie. It's pretty good. It's a pretty clever zombie movie. Um, he did Three Hundred, which was very popular. He did Watchmen next, which I liked, but you know didn't do didn't perform very well. He made this awful animation movie, and then he did Sucker Punch, which is probably his worst movie. And then he gets hired for Man of Steel. So he kind of like he was on what I would describe as a downslope, you know, before he got hired to do the Superman movie. But, you know, Nolan saw something in him. I, I don't really know. I mean, I think, you know, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman have their fans. And I think hopefully we'll talk about, um, you know, we'll talk about the role of fandom in this stuff at some point in this conversation. But, um, you know, like movements are you know like protests in a way like they kind of build mm-hmm. randomly and 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 what happens you know when you see when you see this little fire you know when you see something you want that, that that's happening over here you join and you participate and like yeah it, it seems weird to me that there are like rabid fans of Zack Snyder out there he doesn't he's not he's not a director who i feel like has distinguished himself in the same way but he has ushered this dc cinematic extended cinematic universe into fruition he's been the sort of you know a a sort of hybrid of um kevin feige and 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 um our boy john favreau you know in that he's a director and a producer but also helping with the story and the writing so so I don't know. I mean, it's weird how these movements build. Sometimes they build kind of randomly. They may not always be logical. Okay, so let's get into it then. So you said, you mentioned you know he was sort of on a downward slope. Um, let's take Man of Steel and uh, BVS Dawn of Justice and and out of the equation. Is is the slope continuing downward with Justice League or is it sloping back up? Well, okay. So I think unequivocally, I think this movie is better than the other one, than the Joss Whedon version. Um, But like I said, what's, what's weird about the impassioned kind of response that, that made that sort of willed this movie into existence. It's like, this is just a superhero movie and (laughs) it's not a very good superhero movie. And it's, and it's not like, like I, I think you're underselling Zack Snyder a little bit, and we can get into why I think he deserves our appreciation in a way. But I don't think he is like a great filmmaker. I think he might be a good director, and he's a he's a visualist. But I don't think he tells stories in a way 
that work. And I think like you in your intro talked a little bit about you and Jeremy and, and insulted me a little bit. And you're you're totally right. I like I like this superhero stuff, but I think more importantly and maybe a good excuse for me is that this is what's popular now. And you can bury your head in the sand and and you know say I don't want anything to do with it. But this is like this is the 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 cutting edge. This is the state of the art right now. And it's not like I'm with you and Jeremy and saying that I wish Jeremy rewatched the 400 blows this weekend. That's obnoxious. If he did, <laughs> um, you know, if I'm with you guys, like I don't like the trend that we're going here. I, I would have much rather seen that $70 million given to Larry David to make the rest, you know, make curb your enthusiasm for the rest of his life, but he can already do that. I don't know. Like give it to somebody, you know, make that more, make a more creative project with it. I guess my point is that I, I sort of watch these things. I mean, I, I, I do enjoy them, but I, I'm, I sort of have a similar response to you. I, I'm, I'm not in love with superhero movies, but it's what's popular. And so you're getting top directors, you're getting the top VFX artists, you're getting the top actors really in these movies. And I think it's important to keep up with them. And I also think that like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a unique achievement that I think you and Jeremy don't give enough credit to. I think that what is done, what what Kevin Feige and the true. Marvel I, filmmakers have done with those twenty two movies, especially when you compare it to a film like Justice League, is immense and 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 deserves credit. And it, and it's been it's never been done before, and maybe never will be done again. I give plenty of credit to the extended universe of the of Marvel. I give far less credit to the individual movies. Okay, that's that fair. Universe. That's fair. But I agree with you a little bit about Zack Snyder in that he is a visualist. And actually, what I think is unique about about the DC movies that he's directed is that visual flair that some of the Marvel movies don't have yep. and a, a lot of these superhero that's, movies yeah. don't have. But what is absent is doing anything with that visual style. Yes. You know, you watch and the scene that comes to mind is the flashback to the cyborg character's football game. That's kind of beautiful. It's shot in all slow motion. It's it's um, snowing outside. There's music playing. But that's it. I can do that in iMovie. Like, it's it's just, it it's not, it's not... Uh, eliciting any emotion and it doesn't necessarily lead you to any significant point of this movie and and this movie just is just so much in it it's like they gave him carte blanche and he just used it to the max yes let me put everything in it and that's too much that's a bloated movie and that's a problem and there's a reason that there are cuts in movies and there's a reason that the director's cut and final cut is something that is much sought after by directors because uh, and and very rarely gotten because studios and people understand that you need to trim things and this movie is never trimmed. Yeah. And I, so even when those visuals look nice, it's hard to appreciate them fully because they don't necessarily lead anywhere. They're just there for being there's sake. Well, I think okay, so I I I think that this saga of these I guess two movies Justice League and Zack Schneider's Justice League is an odyssey in terrible management on the part of uh, studio executives at Warner Brothers. But, um, you know, they part of their mandate for the 2017 release was that this Justice League movie had to be two hours long. Um, I imagine they probably saw something similar to what we saw 
on HBO Max from Zack Snyder. Yeah. And we're like, you can't release this in movie theaters. And, like, what? And, and it makes sense because, look, like we talked a little about this. And, and I think this is really interesting because it's, it's, it's right between the convergence of these two of like the new digital age with the old analog uh, filmmaking techniques, but also exhibition. Like if you think about how a movie plays film, you know, film studios have to think about how many times can we screen our movie in a day? Exactly. And if a movie is three hours long, you remove at least one screening a day. If a movie is four hours long, you'll probably remove a couple. And so you can only screen it maybe twice a day. And so they of course can't release a movie like that. But then you go to HBO Max or you go to Netflix where content is king and you want running time. You want people to keep watching. You want those minutes. What's interesting, I think, about um, the way they measured success. You know, I was going to bring this up on a podcast about how Wonder Woman 1984 did is they measure it in streamed hours. So it's, you know, billions of streamed hours instead of how many people watched it or whatever. So yeah, they don't care. If, they don't even care if you finish it. If you watch ten minutes, it counts towards the, the exactly. The end so total. so yeah. so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Justice League eclipses uh, Wonder Woman because it's just twice as long. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> so they're interested in people, you know, spending time on the platform, and um, they mandated that it be two hours when they released it in theaters, and now they're like, okay, yeah, you have four hours, we'll make it. Um, I don't know, I'm. I'm trying to have an open mind here. I, I'm not looking at this movie like uh, like it's got to be concise or <laughs> whatever. I mean, well, it's 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 re- it's it was made specifically for the HBO Max platform, and thus can be consumed in any way we want to consume it. And so, if it's longer, that's fine. I mean, it's clear to me that this movie, they that he was grasping at straws to make it longer. I mean, they have these long, drawn out <laughs> intros, and it's like. What are we doing here? But so let me tell you some things I liked about this movie. Okay, because I'm sure you weren't expecting that. No, um, no, no, no. Ultimately and oddly, the four hours didn't really bother me that much. Did, like, did you watch it in one sitting? Because I certainly did. I didn't. Not. I didn't. It took me two sittings. I watched the, the and and the first hour, which is the which is the what I watched the first night, felt like it was the whole four hours. That was the most bloated part of the movie where it was just like, what is he doing? Like everything was just like, it was like every origin story of the DC universe crammed into one movie. After that first hour, I felt like it actually moved pretty well. I mean, you still had some needless flashbacks and some nonsense and some, I have some questions that I'll need some clarification on from you later on um, about some things, but ultimately the four hours didn't really bother me. Like no, I, I, not me I, either. I watched the first hour the first night. And then last night I, I picked it back up with, without the intention of finishing it actually. But then I did finish it. Um, I, you know, I got to like the three hour mark and I was like, all right, I only have one hour left. I'm just going to ride this out. I'm just going to finish it. Tonight. Um, I actually put it relatively on par with the first one in terms of entertainment value. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I forgot just about everything about the first one seconds after I watched it or the, or the original Justice League seconds after I watched it. Um, had I had time, I would have maybe gone back and kind of looked at it a little bit to compare it, but I didn't. Um, but I felt the same about a lot of things. First of all, Gal Gadot is a good Wonder Woman. I think she's the only person in this movie that seems to know what type of movie she's in 
I I had a lot of I have a lot of fun with seeing how powerful and imposing Superman is when he returns. Like that's kind of a cool. Like they know he you they know he's going to be this the answer, and so you know. And then when he comes back, it it is kind of fun to see that. On the flip side, Ben Affleck is just so awful and boring as Batman, and uh, Jason Momoa seems kind of like a third wheel in this movie. Um, so, th- but you know that's sort of par for the course with these types of movies. I I just think, and I really, on a scene by scene basis, kind of appreciated the the visual style of Snyder in this movie. I just thought when you really take a step back and try to put it all together, like it just has no emotion behind it. And it feels it feels empty. Yeah. Well, what's what's interesting to me about your question about the 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 petition, like, like I don't I don't understand the love for these these characters. At least at least the way that the DCU has, and you know, I think Henry Cavill's a really good Superman. I think he. I think is he? I may not in this. No, like, not in this. They they totally backseat no him in this. Like, but um, yeah. I think in Man of Steel, he's really interesting, and I, I actually kind of like that movie. I think there's some interesting ideas there that bleed over into Batman v Superman, um, that don't that just co- like are just lost in the muck. And I think that same stuff happens here. Is like you've got these iconic characters, but but you can see what the Marvel universe has done. Like they've taken their time to develop these characters, to develop the rapport between them, the chemistry between them. And so when you throw all these people in a movie together where they, you haven't seen them before one, you have to spend a lot of time introducing them, but they don't have a, they don't have a chemistry with each other. And so you've got this. And like, I've always kind of felt that about, about the idea of a justice league. Like I like Batman. I like the idea of a Batman, this rich guy who is not a superhero, just goes out and fights crime because he's got these cool toys. But like when you put that person with a bunch of gods, essentially like what, what, like where it totally changes. everything. It does. It totally changes. And I don't understand how they belong. And I like Gal Gadot too. I think, I think her wonder woman character is like a, a unique creation, but I think they they just missed with her here. I mean, I think the one character I thought who was done a lot better in this direction was Cyborg, and I think his character is a little interesting, and I like I like um, that actor Ray Fisher. Um, you're, I think Momoa is just like a joke, and I, I unfortunately saw the um, Aquaman movie, and he's worse in that, and that movie is horrific, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> It looked bad. It looked. I remember when the trailer for that came out, and it looked like maybe it was going to be the worst movie ever made. So, so I, I really don't understand. You don't want to admit that it is because you already admitted that you watched. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it. It was so, but like, I think when when you know, like, I never read comic books. I I, I don't understand the appeal of comic books here, and I think we've become obsessed with them, and I think we've lost the thread a little bit here. I think Hollywood has lost the thread. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I it's it, to me goes back to like a chicken or the egg scenario. Like, like, do we make these movies because people like these fans love them or do the fans yeah. love them because we're making them? And I think like, to me, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, the love here seems to be for Zack Snyder, which I think we've sort of eliminated any reason for that to exist, but they're not, these characters aren't interesting in this movie. They aren't interesting in the way that like, 
Marvel has made Thor interesting or made Doctor Strange interesting. And like, I, I, I mean, well, again, I'd rather watch Nomadland than a Thor movie. But, you know, in the context of these movies, one has succeeded and one hasn't. Well, what's interesting is that, yeah, they made an Aquaman movie. They've made they've made the Wonder Woman movies, but they haven't gone nearly into as as far deep as Marvel has like that Ant-Man seems like such an insignificant movie for Marvel to make but the fact that that movie exists and people saw it probably lends credence to your interest in the Avengers movie when Ant-Man shows up as opposed to this one where we have we have, don't know who Cyborg is except for the origin story within this movie right so it's hard to really connect to him because we don't really have a backstory and the same goes for for the Flash uh, the Ezra Miller plays and yeah we have we uh, maybe because I like um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman she she works in this even though those movies aren't great but we do have the backstory of there when we flash back to the Amazons and Connie Nielsen like that stuff kind of we have a connection to make right, because we've right. seen those other movies here and also really with Batman like Ben Affleck's Batman doesn't actually have his own movie no he has he has uh, Batman v Superman, and he has Justice League, and like he, it is he is such a boring character. There, it's so interesting, and we're supposed to just like I don't know if they were just kind of relying on Nolan's Batman that we just know who Bruce Wayne is. We don't need to see that. That's all true, sure, but it's an entirely different type of character in this. And yeah, to to then move launch him into the world of the of aliens and gods. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense and I, it's also obnoxious to me that we're supposed to just accept the fact that Metropolis and Gotham have just been over across the bay from each other all these years right right <laughs> like um yeah so okay I want to ask you what do you think about this so to me this 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 is a weird like I said a weird convergence of technology and, you know, the internet and the way it's affected filmmaking, we've seen that, like, I think this, this online community that has inspired this release, the Snyder Cut movement, the people who have participated in it, they're all organized on the internet. Um, and I think Zach Snyder has communicated with them over Twitter for years and encouraged them. And, um, and I think... That's fine. I know you're laughing, but he just bought a bunch of bots. But yeah, that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> but I'm wondering what you think. Like, I think we're in a place now where technology has allowed people to, you know, come together virtually. And now Warner Brothers has a platform in which something like this could work. Like, I, I'm wondering what, how, what you think about fans being in this much control. I mean, what does this say about, about, this kind of movement. I mean, they're indulging them in a way, but so the thing is that like, it's, I think to a certain extent it's okay. But if we, if we go back to the way TV used to work when shows were on networks and you'd have a first season and it would do really well and you'd get feedback from the show's audience about characters they liked or storylines they liked or people they wanted to see more of or less of. 
So maybe not the second season, but the third season would start to pay attention to that. And little by little, the shows just kind of became what the audience wanted, and they would just continue to exist because they were popular, not because they had any creative vision or any narrative to continue. It's why I think we were always so fond of this aspect of The Office, because that was a show that was in the midst of all that, and it ended when the story ended. The British and that's version, appropriate. Yeah. The British version, yes. And the American version actually is an example of the of what I'm talking about. Just they go on for too long, and you know, Lost is another one. Like the the writers and creators of Lost were always insistent that like, oh yeah, we know where everything's going, but it was so obvious that they were just like telling the story that the fans wanted to hear, and it just ended up going nowhere. So that's that's the the risk you run when you start to pay too much attention to what the fans want. Now this this story, like what happened to Zack Snyder is is unique right he had he was either forced out or had to leave a project because of a tragic death of his daughter and like that's a unique situation and i'm glad he was able to to make the movie that he set out to make it it would end there if he came back and made you know a two and a half even three hour a lot of these superhero movies are long three hour cohesive movie that was judged on its merits but that's not what we have here. What we have here is a four-hour, I'm going to do whatever I want, make it as long as I want, nonsensical movie that is getting praised because people are fans of Zack Snyder and well, are, I mean, are empathetic of his story. It is a 55 like, on Metacritic. I wouldn't say it's getting praised by critics. Cri- yeah, I don't think... Well, that's true. Critics are not praising it, but... Do, do they, I, a lot of these people that have like huge fan bases have the fans have names. What are we calling Zack Snyder fans? Like, <laughs> I don't know the Snyder bots, yeah. the Snyder bots, the Snydies. Um, the Snydies. Uh, I I just think like people are are so they they want so badly for this to end with a uh, an amazing movie that they just decided that it did, and it didn't no no (laughs) it's an okay movie it's just no but maybe like i said i didn't mind maybe if you're a person who you know petitions uh multi uh, a multinational conglomerate to release a cut of a film that's not even finished you might enjoy this movie i mean i don't know that's true i mean i just i think what really i i cannot get over the hump of is is the love for Zack Snyder. I don't understand where this comes from. Why him? Like what? Like, because I mean, I think it's, I think it it's just vi- like, a is un- it the visuals of 300? Like, is that where it started? Maybe, like how, maybe. like, I mean, like it, people were amazed at how that movie looked. I think he's an incredible visualist. I mean, in, in a way he's like the new Michael Bay, although I think they're like roughly the same age. So, but he's got a good, he's got a great eye and he can, I think like he took the the sort of micro moments that we saw sort of ruined in the 2017 version and you can and made like you know you you can see why he's a why he gets hired to do this stuff but he's not like again I think this is the distinction between a filmmaker and a director right like a filmmaker yes. has a vision yep. and brings things to life and <clears throat> and 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 has a you know, factors all of this into this, to a movie, but like, and, and maybe, you know, like maybe I, people loved 300 when it came out. I didn't. Um, 
But you know, like maybe that's yeah, a good, like maybe it. that's a good example of a of a of a really concise visual movie. I mean, he had a, he had an idea for how this movie was supposed to look. You know, m- you know, essentially mimicking the way the comic book was written or the graphic novel was written in in film form. And I think that, that movie is stunning. Um, but you, these characters are, are, are things that we know, we know these characters roughly They They exist in the pop culture sort of psyche. Um, we know a little bit about them. They've been, they, they may, you know, in Batman's case and Superman's case, they, they've certainly been developed into movies that we've watched recently and in, in, in other iterations, and so there's more at stake on the table. There's you you have to find a way to update them and make them feel modern and and make them feel relatable and I I don't think any of the DC movies do that. I don't think, you know, despite like casting Jason Momoa who has some I think some Hawaiian um heritage who doesn't look like the sort of blonde Aquaman of the 50s or whatever, you know, d- casting Gal Gadot who I think is wonderful as in the role but you have to do more than that you have to you have to have a vision for these characters and that's something that marvel does and they and and these people don't and i and you know maybe this goes back to nolan too like maybe zack snyder is not the right person to do this or maybe you have zack snyder directed but you don't you don't give him all the power and i think that's the thing like that's what warner brothers was trying to do in 2016 i think they were like Oh, yeah, he's not like the greatest filmmaker when it comes to helping us develop this yeah. this system, and and we know that Marvel has u- utilized. He made a five hour movie that somehow has no character development. Marvel utilizes a bunch of writers, a bunch of directors, but they've got a they've got a overseer who who can shepherd each storyline together for this larger narrative and. Zack Snyder was, I think, the the lead creative here, and and I don't, I don't. There was nothing about what he did, maybe with the exception of Watchmen. But even when you go back and look at Watchmen, like it's all setup, which is what this movie is. It's all setup, and and that that stuff's fun. It's cool. You're building anticipation, but then like, what is this but a CGI gloop mess of a of a finale? And yeah. and it's better than than the the 2017 Justice League. I found it visually very interesting, but I I don't give a shit about any of these characters. I don't care about them. I don't find any of them interesting. You're right about you're right about um, Ben Affleck, who I think is a good actor, who's in in a, uh, in a way having his own little renaissance. But all of these characters are just they're I don't I don't give a shit about what happens to any of them. And that's that's just not the case with with Marvel. So I've I've one other uh, gripe, and then I want to I want to move on to a couple of just plot things and story things about this movie that I want some explanation on. But you're, we're talking a lot about you know the difference between a, a filmmaker's vision and being a director, and you know where is that line drawn? And this movie obnoxiously opens with a title card that explains to us that it's keeping with the creative vision of Zack Snyder in um, uh, showing the film in a four by three format. Right. First of all, why is this shot in four by it, portrayed in four by three? Why, if you're going to make a four-hour superhero epic movie, would you not do it in the widest screen possible? And two, no, just that. That's it. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Okay, so um, 
I think Snyder was doing um was following in the footsteps of Nolan and shooting some of these sequences in Justice League, although I actually don't think any of it in Justice League is, but it might have been in, in Batman v Superman in IMAX. And IMAX is a more square format, like four by three. Mm-hmm. However, I it's supposed to be immersive, and I'm sure in the IMAX theater it is, but at least when Nolan brings that stuff into home video, it's it fills your whole 16 by nine screen. So they don't do the letterboxing right. um, of, of the image. And I agree with you. Like this is an Epic movie. Like you should, and you know where it's going to play. It's going to play on people's 16 by nine televisions. Let's utilize all that real estate. Why would you, <laughs> why would you make it smaller? I don't understand. And I'm also, I was more like if you, if this was just in four by three, like, I'm sure some people would be like, what's wrong with my screen? But I wouldn't be. But the the an, the announcing of it, the calling attention yeah. to it was just <laughs> so pretentious. Um, okay, so a couple, I need some an explanation on some just some minor things. But basically just to outline this four-hour movie, it's a bunch of superheroes. Superman is dead. <laughs> Mance Raider has come to get these three boxes. Yep. And they... Uh, have to stop them him from getting these three boxes because then if he puts them together it destroys the world. Um Yeah, the, mul- the, the there's know, a same there's a Maltese Falcon, there's a Moroccan <laughs> yeah. Falcon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um so Batman Ben Affleck decides to get the old the old gang back together. He gets Gal Gadot, they get Cyborg, they get Ezra Miller's Flash um together and they get um they get Waterman and Aquaman. they, <laughs> Aquaman, they get, uh, let's think of that episode, uh, of Entourage when Fran Drescher is like Aquaman. <laughs> to <Vincent> Aquaman. <laughs> 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 um, so they all get together and they realize that they have to, to reincarnate Superman if they want any chance of defeating yeah. this guy. Wait, 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 that's like three hours into the movie. Like what? Well, I'm not going to b- no, tell please, you the whole story. Please don't. <laughs> okay. We open at the dawn of time. <laughs> um, so a couple things, uh, Silas Stone, who was played by Joe Moore and he's Cyborg's father. Now, first of all, that's casting is intentional. It, has it must to be, be right? right. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the guy that runs Skynet making cyborgs in Terminator 2. Yeah, now he makes a cyborg and now he at makes Star his Labs. son yeah. into a, into uh his turns his son into a cyborg after a car accident. Now, he's the Martian man that comes and visits Affleck at the end, no, right? No. It's his voice. No, it's not. Really? It's the ge- Okay, but it's then- the general from Man of Steel who is Martian Manhunter. Okay, so, well then Explain to me. Oh, what do I have to explain? With this? Diane, explain to me the scene with Diane Lane and Lois Lane. No idea. And, and uh, Diane Lane and Lois Lane. Now that's complicated. And, <laughs> Diane Lane and Lois Lane. Diane Lane and uh, and Amy Adams. Um, Superman's mother goes to see Lois Lane, and they talk. Uh, this is before he's alive, and then she leaves, and he she turns into like two different people. Yes. She, um, she, so that's the Martian man, including including Silas Stone. So that's the Martian Manhunter, who is the Silas Stone. No, not Silas Stone. Not you talking about Cyborg's dad? Does, yeah, isn't that him who he turns into? No, no. Who? 
Oh, it that, looked just like it him. does. It's another well wearing the uniform. No, that's a that's a character from the uh, last two movies. I feel racist. That is racist. The only two black people in this movie. <laughs> it's the same guy. Not the same guy. Um. Okay, so. So just totally useless part of the movie yep. that I was just hoping for something cleared up on. Um, yeah, I mean, like right. this now, is this of, is fan service. This is why they do this because yeah. One of the six endings in this movie mm-hmm. is sort of a like a post apocalyptic post apocalyptic world uh, that includes your favorite actor oh, Jared Leto oh, as this is, and this is the first time I've seen his Joker and it is really annoying. Uh, yes, and, and they filmed it for just for long. this movie. This was filmed during quarantine. Um, so I, so that was a dream that Bruce Wayne was having, but also Cyborg foresaw that. Yes. So when he was in the, in the cube thing, like I, it's just all felt so unnecessary and convoluted and like, uh, it's just very str- It was all very strange. Yes. That is called the nightmare, but spelled with a K cause it's the dark night. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, that's clever. So that's the, uh, that's part of Zack Snyder's creative vision is spelling it differently. Yes. Um, do you want me to explain this to you? Well, I just didn't understand, like, so why, why I, I'm assuming it's, we, we move forward and something happens and now Superman is the enemy and that's where that's leading, but he's dreaming about it and, or foreseeing it or something. And this is all part of the extended universe. But like, why is this, the, I mean, this movie literally had like six endings. Like Evidently ended, that ending. And it's just like kept going. That ending, the one with the, the cameo from, uh, Jared Leto and a couple other characters, is evidently what the second Justice League movie was was going to be, which was they were going to make three of them, I guess. <laughs> um, and it was going to be... 12 hours of Justice League. It was essentially what what, what would happen if the, you heard them say the anti-life equation. If, the, if, yes. they had, if Darkseid had succeeded and found the anti-life uh, equation and eventually, I think, Lois Lane was killed or died... Mm-hmm. Superman goes nuts. He's not interested in helping save the world. Like, everything goes to shit, and then he's uh, hunting for them in that post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic nightmare. I had a hard time with that word too. Yeah. Um, so I had, uh, yeah. God, see, like this is the problem. Like, like I said, I didn't have a huge issue with the fact that this was four hours, but it is. There's just so much nonsense jammed into this movie that is just so unnecessary and just occupies my like my mental space trying to enjoy the movie like i'm trying to figure out these pointless things at the end trying to figure out this meeting with diane lane and amy adams and yeah i even at one point was like theorizing certain things that actually i thought would have been kind of interesting i thought maybe cyborg was was uh the the dark side character i had because when you first see him, he has like it looks like you can't really see him. He's like in the flames, but it looks like he has this like metal jaw, mm-hmm. which is what Cyborg has. And he's after this anti life, which I thought maybe that's like get your life back, which obviously Cyborg would like to have. So I had this amazing theory, but I didn't have time to really flesh it out because I was too busy trying to keep up with all the stuff in this movie. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, and that, I think what's interesting. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just that that frustrates me because like you're give Snyder is given this opportunity to make the movie he wants to make, and 
clearly this was the movie he wanted to make. It didn't seem like he had a whole lot of uh, restrictor restrictor plates on. And yeah, yes, but it's just but, it's just a mess. Like, but I think he, I'm sure he was encouraged to make it longer. I'm sure he was also felt empowered by this fa- fan the, the the this fan response. Sure. And I honestly think that's a, like a huge problem. And look, like I don't want to downplay. Like what happened to his family is is super is totally tragic and I, uh, you know like, if he did step down from directing to deal with it I hope I, I I hope he did, and that's very admirable and I don't you know I I think. That would really show some real character, but like, you know this movie is dedicated to her. And, I don't know like, this feels a little this feels too personal to me. You know, like we're letting this filmmaker take $70 million after spending, you know, $275 million making a movie. You know, four years ago, the the studio thought it was such a mess that they had to remove him from the movie, allegedly. And now we're going to let him make his movie because people feel badly for him because he had to leave the movie because his daughter committed suicide. Like committed suicide and, and 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 he's he's part of that narrative he dedicated the movie to her i mean who knows if she even was interested in the movie i don't want to speculate about that i'm not i'm not saying but like i don't know that the movie has anything to do with her and and right. i think it's well, a nice sentiment is... to dedicate it to her but it's also like a pretty violent kind of depressing movie most of the time I, I think that's the part of the issue is that like the the story of this movie is so much bigger than the movie itself. And if you want to take strip all that away and just watch the movie, it's not that great. And but if you add all that stuff in, suddenly it's you you either feel it's harder to say that the movie's not all that great because of the circumstances under which it was made. Right. Like this is not totally the same thing, but like Paul Thomas Anderson's dad died and his emotions manifested themselves in magnolia and like and, it's, and that's fine that's right and so you every and my point there is it's like everybody has a, a story and they're not always as tragic as the, the, what happened with Zack snyder and this is and, and my point is separate from from that the specificity of that but there's there the rally like you don't, nobody rallied around paul thomas anderson no after his dad died to make a movie about that has a significant portion about a character's dad dying. Like it's, you can put your emotions and your, your life experiences into your your movie, or you can just make a movie. And it seems like justice, Zack Snyder's justice league is like those two things crashing together because justice league is just a movie. And and it has nothing to do with, with, with exactly. So, so the circumstances under which this movie came out has to do with her, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I, it just bothers me that like, this is, this is this popular. It shouldn't be. It should be as popular as the, as the last one. And (laughs) (laughs) you know, those movies make good money and that's fine. So like anytime a a comic book movie is released, they're going to be popular. But I just think, Zack Snyder is not deserving of the four-hour director's cut of a movie that was already released. No, and and I agree with you. I agree with you. And and I look, I feel badly for him. I, I even think his vision. I, I like his vision. I think he needs he needs something. 
he needs like a writer or he needs somebody to help him guide his story. Maybe he needs an editor. I don't know. Um, He definitely needs an editor. This movie's four hours long. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like someone to help him shape his story. It looks like he went and got the hard drives and just put them all in final, put all the footage in Final Cut Pro. (laughs) And then (laughs) send HBO Max. Um, share, share too. I, I'm interested in your, 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 and I wish Jeremy was here for this part of the conversation. But I, I'm interested in like, we don't know a lot about how studios are managed. But like this entire project, as I mentioned, just feels like such a bad example of, of mismanagement. And I mean, one like, would how would would you do anything differently? I don't know. It's hard to put yourself in well, the in this it, in this. But like, comment a little bit about about that. Like, it it, it feels well, so what, here's. Sorry, go ahead. I don't have this all the background that you, that you outlined, but like here's just on the surface looking at this. This is what tells me this is poorly managed. In 2017, Justice League is released. It has has like a 55 on on Metacritic. It's much worse okay. than that. Like it's so much worse than that. Let me, let me see what it is. I, oh, the movie is yes. worse than a 55. Yeah. You mean yeah, yeah? But whatever. It's not a great movie, right? So they they don't have a good movie, and they, again, it's. Uh, Batman v Superman also not well received is not a good movie so they're, they're like shit like we gotta do something about this guys so like you know you know what we really probably shouldn't have let Zack Snyder go let's bring him back let's let him do what he wants to do and he does it and they release it and it, again, it's still a bad movie so they did not fix the problem and they can't seem to fix the problem but it's better and I mean they, it's better and it'll probably be per- received better but that goes back to my other point it's gonna be received better because of the outside stuff. So the initial Justice League has a 45. I think this one has a 55. Like that we're splitting hairs there. Um those are those are scores that we look at and then don't watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. So um but like I just think that there's clearly something that they that Warner Brothers has not been able to grasp when it comes to managing the extended universe type of projects because we're not talking about like some podunk studio here yeah, like but they've, they've made good series like they harry potter i think fantastic. is a really successful uh series of movies that has multiple different directors and is following a source material and have mo- like very different visions um uh, with each movie especially if you look at the first two by chris columbus and then the third one by alfonso curan like I think they have they have a history of being able to do this, but for some reason they've either put the wrong people in charge or, like you said, maybe given people too much power to, you know, handle these projects that they just keep making bad movies over and over again. And they, and then in this case, they just like gave themselves a mulligan and then still shot it into the woods. Yeah, like, yeah, it's inter- and it's know? interesting because like the response to BVS was probably smart. Like, like finding, I mean, there, what's interesting is like, okay, you can, you can sit there as Mr. Warner brothers, John Warner, Chapin Warners and, and say, okay, like I'm going to look at this movie and I see that it has this huge potential, these, these characters. And I've got this, the first of the team up movies come out and it did well, but it's got horrible reviews. And like, this is this, the rest of the movies cannot be this like this. And the solution is to stand to step in and inst- and take somebody who's never given any indication that he knows how to do anything comedic or pithy or you know kind of 
like light. Like that's yeah, the opposite yeah. of what Zack Snyder's vision is. So right. don't ask the guy to do that. Don't ask him to make it lighter. Like they had this. I remember when they were making Justice League, they had a big, like a a PR event where they invited all these, and it was famous. It was I remember following it real time. They invited all these film critics who hated BVS over to England to watch them film it, and they had a collection of scenes they edited with you know mostly with Ezra Miller, you know, with with the banter, and it was like, yeah, look, like you hired someone to do a vision, either replace him eventually or um or you know find a way to make his vision work for you and manage him in a way that that works and like that's part of what a studio does and they didn't they hired somebody who doesn't have any similarity to Zack Snyder whatsoever like hire Michael Bay to finish it or hire somebody right like who who has a similar style to make the finish the movie but is a little more maybe amenable to your notes I don't know but you hire someone whoever you hire don't reshoot 80% of the movie tell them right make a movie out make a uh, releasable movie out of what you have here you got 8 million hours of footage (laughs) yeah (laughs) cut something together I, I mean look like take the take the tragic circumstances out of it replacing Zack Snyder on Justice League may have been like what needed to be done or like a step in that direction may have been what needed to be done. It was, but they botched how that went again, outside of the circumstances, they botched who they chose. They botched how they handled it by reshooting a bunch of the movie and then releasing what they did. Like it just seems like they're, they're trying to play catch up with their own mistakes and, you know, so they shoot a whole movie and then realize that, oh, we probably shouldn't have had Snyder shoot this. Let's just reshoot it. Right. And then they realize, oh, well, that didn't work. Well, let's bring Snyder back and have him <laughs> reshoot it again. <laughs> like, yeah, I just think that's what happens when you dig yourself into a hole. You know, you have to kind of tr- keep digging to find a way out. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's it's frustrating because, well, I, I, I could care less if these movies get better or worse because I, I've seen the the best that they're going to be yeah. in what Marvel does. Mm-hmm. And I'm not crazy about them. So I don't really care. I, I just think I, the, the another thing that does bother me is that like, I do wish that a, a vision, uh, I, I don't want to say, use the word vision. The visuals of Zack Snyder could be put to better use. Completely. Some of the stuff does look really it cool. It looks great. Like it just is, does never leads anywhere. And that's, that's well, aggravating yeah, he, for me. He, like it's one thing. He has the mechanics. Like he can, he can put an action scene right. together. He can shoot the shit out of stuff. He can, he can even like edit things, sequences together. Like, like he does these cool things. Like for example, there, like there was that shot of, which they cut from, uh, for whatever reason, from the, um the original justice league of, you know, you see Wonder Woman doing all this slow motion stuff, and it's cool in her introduction There's when she's saving. Way too much. Slow there motion. is way too much. I agree, but then, but then you see all this stuff, and then you see what he cuts to her doing it in, but in real speed, and she's just like moving her arms oh, crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. fast at the bank. Yeah, at yeah. the bank, and she's like blocking all these things, and it's like, oh, that's cool. It's cool to like show it to you in slow motion, and then show it to you how it really looks, and so you see really how powerful this woman is, and. He he does these cool things like that, and he does he has cool ideas. Like I like what he did with Jesse Eisenberg in in um as as Lex Luthor, and and but the you're right they just ne- it never culminates into anything in story wise in an interesting way, and it's so frustrating. You're right because it's like 
you're almost there. You're almost there, but you're just, but then you, it's like you're almost there, but you, you doubled down on everything that's not working and packed it into this movie. Yeah. And now that, and now that you brought it up and I'm trying to remember, and I feel like it does because the, the scenes is, are in, is in both justice leagues, but that bank scene where they're going to like basically blow up a huge, like, square block or whatever, even more of that, 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 that Wonder Woman saves. What was, where, where was that in the context of the story? Yeah, it was like, just her intro. Was, it was just her intro. And, and they, it was like, it was basically Wonder Woman's backstory. Like it, it can, cause you were describing that. And I was trying to remember, was that in this movie or was that in Wonder Woman? Because it felt like a Wonder Woman origin story, just like the flashbacks to, um, the Ezra Miller, getting a job taking care of the dogs when he goes out and prevents the car accident with the the woman that we just spend two minutes in slow motion looking at that is never in the yeah, movie Yeah, I mean, again. both those sequences feel like they were 25 minutes long each. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. It, this is, look, I, this movie was fine. Like, what, I, it's, it's definitely too long, even though it was... It was kind of cool to watch a four-hour movie, I guess, yeah. like to just say that I have. Yep. <laughs> Could have watched three fixie contenders a, in that a time. A four-hour but... movie not directed by Kieslowski. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So next week, or actually later this week, what's on the docket? I think we're going to do uh, the Best Picture winner from 2001, A Beautiful Mind. We'll have Jeremy back for that um, as we chip away at some more of our... T- uh, uh, series for this year and of course we've got the fixies right around the corner 20 days oh fuck 20 really? days from today Christ. and uh you know we're wrapping up the movies we need to see the father is going to be released on vod i think at the end of this coming week so that's we may podcast on that one that might be the last 2020 movie that we do a individual podcast for before the fixies uh, we're going to have i think our fixie pre-show the week before the fixies where we talk about some documentaries uh, some of the things that we may not be able to cover on the Fixie Award show itself, but don't worry, we won't reveal anything to each other or you about our nominations. Uh, we really need your voice memos sent to us. We do. Uh, so you can send those to feedback at getyourfilmfixpodcast.com. Let us know your favorites of the year, just what you thought of the 2020 movie year since it was so unique. We'd love to hear hear that, you know, what, how you watched your movies, you know, uh, your anticipation levels about going back to the theater, things like that, uh, or anything like that. Favorite movies, favorite performances, send those voice memos to us. And uh, that's it. We'll see you later this week. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee.